an additional coin. It's You honor me with your presence. Grizzly Lee. How can one so tiny hurt so much? He's usually stronger than the average, and has a friendly attitude. Is uh, throwback. We will not back down. Game on, everybody! It's throwback. It is Wednesday. In between, what we are you guys excited? It's Pro Bowl weekend. It's Jake Seeley, Chris Meany, Brad Ziegler, as always. And always follow me at Ellen Kid, Chris at Chris Meany, and Brad at Brad Ziegler. They make it easy for you, and we make it easy for you if you're not part of the Athletic too. Don't know why you wouldn't be, but if you're listening to the free verse, 40% off if you go to theathletic.com slash the throwback. But yes, it is Pro Bowl week. Just honestly, guys, do you, do you even turn it on? Like, do you watch any of it? Is it just background noise? I mean, because I do have it on, but I'm usually watching something else at the same time. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be on in the background. And, you know, I'm such a big hockey fan too. And it's like, oh, I'll just watch hockey this weekend instead. Well, no, it's a freaking NHL all-star weekend. So it's the same <laughs> thing. Like, it's just a bunch of junk, but I'll have both on in the background. But we talk about that all the time, Chris. Is that what, that's what we want all the other sports to do is the hockey skills competition is still the best thing going. Yeah, it is. They, it, they've done some weird things over the past couple years. Yeah, but it is still the best. They're doing something weird this year. Of course. With the, they're throwing the, the guys up in the crowd and they got to hit targets down on the ice from up in the crowd. Yeah, it's like the old old McDonald's commercial with Wayne Gretzky, right? It's just, uh. So is, is is this in place of the targets on the goal that they had to hit in the five, well, I was going to say the five quarters. That's impossible. I think they'll still do that. I'm not completely sure what it's in place of. Yeah, there's something weird every single time. But as long as they have, you know, some the fastest skater contest and the hardest shot, those are the two that I like the best. Yeah, I always like I like the hit in the bullseyes, the four corners, targets in the, yeah. in the middle. That's yeah, good. that's those good. Ones. But it's so easy for everyone now. They have to like, like back in the day, yeah, I guess. I know. Have them do it from the blue line. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. The one we'll be there I, I can tell you. Okay. No, so that's what I was gonna say. The one that actually is surprisingly entertaining for me is the one where they have to hit from certain spots. Like they have to do the foot pass over the bar and it has to get into that little mini tiny goal. And then the final shot is the goalie from the opposite end. Like if they can hit that and like once in a blue moon they hit it just because it's like, Oh my god, he actually made it in. Yeah, I like that <laughs> too. And then they got rid of the goalie shooting the puck. They did it the one year and it was cool. I think Mike Smith scored and one goalie hit a post and it was exciting and then they got rid of it. But yeah, they still have that what you said, like the saucer flip pass into that tiny little net. Yeah, only because you see is it's like one of those, if it gets into your head and they miss like two or three, and then all oh, of a yeah. sudden it's like, oh, my God, he's got like 15. He still has <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh speaking of things going wrong, just real quickly, and I bring this up legitimately for people, like we are into the off offseason. Uh, things are going to be changing up a little bit for this show. More in direction of Dynasty once February rolls around, once the Super Bowl is done, uh, with Brad and myself, especially on Wednesdays. But – the Antonio Brown situation, like, we're not here to talk about whatever it is. But now it's escalated to the point where there's rumors of a warrant out for his arrest, and there's battery, and it has to do with the drivers from movers and stuff. Like, after what we saw with the police showing up in his front yard and, you know, him yelling at them in front of his kid. At this point, I'll go to you first, Brad. And, and, and you know, it's the fancy spin we have to talk about here. What do you do, one, as the owner, and then, two, if he's out there? I mean – is there anything you would give up for him at this point just to say, you know what? I mean, we've seen other players come back before from similar things. It still could have value. Like, what are you thinking at this point? I, I want nothing to do with him. And the biggest reason is because I don't, I think he's wasting a roster spot. And if I, if I have him, if I can get anything for him, I try to do it because 
I don't think an NFL team at this point is going to touch him. It's not just like one or two isolated incidents. This is like eight or nine things from, you know, or and maybe even more going back to potentially the end of his time in Pittsburgh and, and then all the stuff that happened with the Raiders and then the stuff that happened when he was with New England and the stuff that came out while he was with New England and then all of this stuff that's happened since then. It's just a nonstop you know, crap fest. And I, I don't like, I don't want anything to do with him. I don't think any NFL team's going to touch him. And if I have him, I'm trying to get anything I can for him. Yeah. It's, you know, when Drew Rosenhaus decides to part ways, you know, it's bad. I think that's the biggest thing. <laughs> yeah. It's, 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 it's and that was before the incident yesterday. Yeah. He, he, he definitely needs some help. I know he's posting all this stuff on Instagram. Jake, you mentioned the moving thing and he posted that entire thing on Instagram. It looks like, it looked like the police were helping him out and he was still, just kind of freaking out and yelling, um, you know, with his kids around. It was just, it was just such a bad look. I don't know. I'm in a 33 man dynasty league. I thought about it yesterday. Just, Hey, I'll give you a fifth round pick for Antonio Brown. I don't know if that's possible. Like I would do, it depends on your setting. Like if you're in a huge, huge deep league and you're given a pick like that, I'd take a shot, but kind of lean with Brad. I just, I don't really want anything to do with him. And if I had him in a dynasty, league, I'd probably just get whatever I could. So everybody always says that what whatever you could. I mean, we're talking like Frank Gore, whatever you could, or are you just no. I mean, like, at least try to like. Jeez, I don't know. A pick. You probably pick. Get, yeah, I would, I would get a pick. Yeah, I, would, I don't know that anyone's going to give up a player of any yeah. kind of value for him, but I like I think you might be able to get like a third round rookie pick or something like that, which you know could turn into something. And I I would rather have a coin toss or even a, you know a one in ten shot drawn out of a hat. Uh, which is basically what a third Hell. round rookie pick is. Then, then I was gonna say in this draft, I would take a fourth rounder. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, Jake, so. Terry so. McLaurin went on average, you know, in an all rookie draft in the fourth round last year. I mean, you can find a diamond in the rough and in, in a deep well, this, nice this draft, draft like is that. Loaded. Yeah, for sure. All right. So uh, on the second thing, the, the, so uh, before we even got to it, I forgot to even mention what we we're gonna do for today. And actually, going forward, this is gonna span a couple of shows, but kind of like similar to this. What are we doing with players? And now for next season, what are we thinking for next season? Whether it's dynasty, redraft, keeper, whatever it might be, just a lot of guys that could have very you know, wild, different, differing opinions. Uh, but before we get to that, real quick, the Giants are likely hiring Freddie Kitchens after already hiring Jason Garrett. So positional coach somewhere, wide receivers, quarterback, who knows? Uh, that would make the most sense, but we'll see. Uh, Freddie Kitchens coming in with Jason Garrett. They brought in Patrick Graham from the Dolphins. There's a ties before. Like the here's the what you always hear, and I, we're not talking about the coaching side of things, but you've always heard like the ones that have succeeded after leaving Billichek aren't a lot, but the ones that have bring their guys. Now he's been bringing quite a few guys, and actually, uh, Judge worked for Freddie Kitchens back at Mississippi State, so he kind of is his guy. The guy from the Dolphins is his guy, like mostly his guys. And then was in on the bringing in of Jason Garrett. I'm trying. Tell me, guys, I'm trying not to, because you know I hate this freaking organization, but I'm trying not to see like how this is a good thing. Like I'm trying not to be happy about this. <laughs> yeah. I thought you'd maybe have a bit of a rant this morning. Um, no, I can't like I've been saying with like the Angel on his show, D'Angelo thought that Joe judge on itself was a great hire. And I've, I've been, no, nah, that's, you know, that's just because Gettleman wants somebody he can control, but all these extra pieces coming in now and the way it's being done, I'm really trying not to like, I'm trying not to like it basically. Yeah. I, I mean the Joe judge, I, again, we said this before. Nobody knows. I, I kind of with D'Angelo, I think it, I think it could be decent. You know, we've seen some, some special teams coaches in this league have a lot of success. And I, I don't know about Kitchens, man. I'm surprised this guy got a job so quick, but you're right. They have a relationship from Mississippi State. Really? 
I thought this is what he needed to be. Like, I thought the perfect scenario is if, if the Browns could have put him back to an offensive coordinator, but you can't do that. Like, he couldn't be with the Browns, so now he's going back. He's not an offensive coordinator. He's a freaking positions coach. Like, this is what we want. This is the genius that we wanted. Sure, yeah. I mean, get him, give him the least amount of oh responsibilities God, I'm, I'm possible. Positively. You are, yeah. You, <laughs> you, seem to be, you, you seem to, <laughs> to like these moves. I don't know. I mean, he's bringing some guys with at least some experience, Jason Garrett and Freddie Kitchens, but... Like, yeah, I don't know. Give Kitchens the least amount of responsibility as possible because he didn't impress me at all, like with his off field and on field play last year. Yeah, I'd agree with that. It, this, it, he, he, there's, I mean, there's, there's a reason the Browns hired him because he's, you know, he's probably pretty impressive in some aspects. He just, once he got control, he had like, he was way in over his head, but it might be, you know, really good for him to go back to kind of focusing on, on one small thing, one position coach or whatever and, and, you know, it might be something he's really good at. And obviously Joe Judge believes in him. And, and we've heard a lot of positive things about him this winter too. So, or this, you know, this, yeah, this winter. So, um, it, you got to trust the judgment at this point and just see what happens. You got to trust the judgment. Uh, yeah. 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 All right. Garrett though? Yikes. Hey, he's offensive coordinator. I mean, like, that is all exactly. you know, it's, like, no, no, it's sort of say, look, you now have three head coaches on the team, not like sure, that. But sure, you, yeah. you took away, like Jason Garrett was doing too much, and now he's offensive coordinator. Freddie Kitchens was doing too much, and now he's positions coach. Like it's kind of, I mean, again, at least like, it could blow up in their faces completely. And this is what I'm saying. I'm trying not to like it, but if you're gonna try it, this is what you want. You want the guys that were in over their heads, so to speak, but could still do something really well. And at least you know everybody's always gonna feel good about themselves on the offense because Garrett's gonna clap his ass off. So. Let's continue speaking of kitchens and kind of get into what I was going to say is what are we doing with? So this past season, uh, we all before the year talked about how none of us were drafting Baker Mayfield and none of us were taking him as the fifth quarterback off the board. There's just way too many other options, but it's hard to find anybody. There was a few, a handful. There's hard to find anybody out there that wasn't thinking he was at least going to be a QB one, almost likely in this top 10 because of what happened with kitchens at the end of the season and his development from two years ago. But Baker Mayfield finishes as QB 16. So, Brad, first, because I think you were the lowest of all of us, as I remember. I might be wrong. You tell me if I'm wrong. Anyway, what are you doing with Baker Mayfield right. for next year? <laughs> probably. Hey, what are you doing with him next year? Is he now, like, has he swung back the opposite direction now where he is the the down years Cam Newton where maybe you just grab in the 13th round and all of a sudden you have a top 10 quarterback at, at its supreme value? Um. That's possible. I mean, he, that's what you try to do with your late picks anyways, right? Just grab some upside somewhere, and there's no question he's got upside. The The problem is I'm, there's no way I'm drafting him as a top 10 or 11, 12 quarterback because of the guys that I would have to take him in front of. I Like every single one of them outside of maybe Kyler Murray is somebody I would say is proven. And even this year, Kyler Murray was, you know, what, the number eight quarterback. So I, I am – I'm completely fine not drafting Baker Mayfield on any of my teams, but if you're just throwing a dart late and you're like, you know what, he's he's kind of head and shoulders above all the other tiers. But like, just remember, like, you could get Matt Stafford as like the 20th quarterback off the board last year, and and those are the kind of guys like they've at least shown it before where they could be an elite quarterback and they have weapons around him. Give me those guys over him any day. Yeah, my guy, Matthew Stafford, absolutely. Uh, I think that. He'll probably what on Jake B average. I don't know. I'm trying to guess where he'll go next year. QB 12 to 14, like kind of in around that range. I think I'm okay with it. 
But yeah, he's not going to be in my radar. I'd, I'd feel better in, as, as if he was like my second quarterback in a super flex league. If like I'm so lucky to be able to get a guy with the upside that he does have, because I still think I'm not ready to give up on him yet. And you know, if again, if you're in a dynasty league, I think he could be a target. I think it's it's an opportunity to buy low. I think they're going to be a run heavy team next year, but I expect Landry to have a very similar season. And can Odell be this bad again? I don't know. Like, and he was also without Njoku all year too. So. I think he could be fine, but he's not. I'm not going to have him as a top ten quarterback. Would you rather have Baker Mayfield or Philip Rivers with the Buccaneers? I would rather. <laughs> I would rather if have he's with Baker the Bucks. Mayfield. I don't care about Philip Rivers on the Bucks. I don't think he can throw that deep <laughs> ball to Mike Evans. He doesn't need to. <laughs> he does. He just go, no, he doesn't. Like Philip Rivers just is the, done, just man. He's a retire. And I, I don't, I don't disagree. That would not be my first choice. As a quarterback, if I was the Buccaneers. That being said, if Philip Rivers goes into that <laughs> offense and you know they're going to be playing from behind, their secondary was terrible. They'll probably try to short up, but they don't have a ton of cap room this year. And so they're going to have to do everything through the draft. And with, with that being the case, I, I, yeah, I think, um, I, I would much rather have Philip Rivers just because solely because of the weapons around him are, are absolutely elite. You're talking two of the top 10 receivers in football and you definitely don't have that in Cleveland. He, he just played with some elite weapons in, in LA too. He had 20 picks. He turned the ball over a ton. He made some brutal decisions. Ask any Chargers fan. He was a big part of what went wrong last year with the Chargers. I know they had a lot of injuries, but he made a lot of bonehead decisions too. I don't think he's the right no, answer. No question. No question. But I mean, how can you not say the same thing about Jameis Winston? And I mean, Winston, Winston was the top think, five quarterback in fantasy and he had 30 picks. Like, but the volume is just there. 626 the passes. That's, see, I, but I don't know if Philip Rivers is getting 5,100 yards and 33 touchdowns. I think that's the, I, I le- tell me if I'm wrong. I don't want to put words in your I mean, mouth. He got 4,600 last year. I know, but the thing with that, that's what I think that's kind of his peak and the, the touchdowns is kind of more the thing is because I get what you're saying. I just kind of feel more on Chris's side because he had Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Hunter Henry, and then the backfield that he had. I mean, Alistair Eckler is basically his main piece for that in the backfield. And you could argue that's one more weapon that Jameis Winston had because he didn't have really the backfield option. So I don't think the weapons are too dissimilar. No, and I, get I, what you're I saying. agree with that, that, but you know, the fact that he had good backfield, I mean, they had, 11 rushing Plus touchdowns or whatever rushing yards. in LA. Yeah, right, right. Mm-hmm. And Winston, yeah, Winston will definitely run more than him for sure. I'm not saying Philip Rivers will be a top five quarterback in, in Tampa Bay if he goes sure. there. <laughs> I, no, I'm definitely not. Um, and I wouldn't even put him in the top 12, but I'm saying I would rather have him than Baker Mayfield for 2020. Would the fantasy industry put him in the top 12? I think people would get super excited if Philip Rivers was Tampa with, uh, with the Tampa Bay Bucks. I bet I you on average think... he would go ahead of Baker Mayfield. Uh, I think that, I think people, I think people still take Baker Mayfield. I think people would take it on the upside and understand. I think you're going to get too much of. Let's look at it real quick. I don't even talk about this freaking Philip Rivers all day long, but Philip Rivers used to finish between QB seven and QB ten for like year and year and year and year, like over and over and over. And people still didn't even draft him as a QB one. So that's yeah, why, Chris. Point. That's why I say that. Was like he was the most disrespected. He was the Tony Romo for a very long time. Of in fantasy, just disrespected from what he was actually producing. But I want to go to the next one. And real quick, do you guys remember who QB three in 2018 was? I oh, yeah, Big Ben. Yeah, it was Big Ben, that's and that's too. why I want yep. to bring up Big Ben coming off basically, essentially, an entire missed season. Obviously, this is before seeing how he looks, but assuming Ben Roethlisberger looks 100, percent I mean, 
I don't think anybody's taking him inside the top five, but he's actually the better Philip Rivers because Big Ben inside the top five, inside the top six, seven, like he's that next jump up from Philip Rivers where he's always finishing there, but nobody ever takes him there, Chris. And nobody, I don't think will take him there. Would you take him inside the top 10? Because I feel like if he's healthy, I would take him right around eight, nine, 10 in front of some of the names I'm looking at right now who finished there this year. Obviously not Patrick Mahomes, but I would take him. I gotta be honest. If he's a hundred percent, I'm taking him in front of Aaron Rodgers at this point. Yeah, I think I think that's fair. Uh, ahead of Aaron Rodgers, we talked about him last week. It depends if they brought in another weapon. I think I would change my mind. But yeah, I, th- I I feel like I'm out on Ben. I was out on him last year. He sat on the sidelines all year. He was he's always kind of been dinged up. He'll be 38 in a month. I guess if he's quarterback 10 and around that range, if you're asking me right now. Between him and Rodgers, yeah, I'll probably go Ben. I, I still like Juju's a great buy low candidate. I think in dynasty leagues, but I, I'm I, I'm on the fence with Ben. I'm on the fence. I, I will say this: I, I'm on the fence. I will probably rank Rodgers ahead of Roethlisberger, but I will probably own Roethlisberger on every single one of my best ball drafts or whatever I do in the summer because I think I'll be able to get him way lower than top ten and still yeah. still because I'll be able to get him you know, between 15 and 20 potentially. And I will gladly take him there because the upside is enormous if he's healthy. And if not, I'm, I'm, you know, losing a 15th round pick or whatever. It's not a big deal. Yeah. If it's that, that's a different story. QB 15 is nothing. Do you, you want to add a best ball team with Andrew Luck and Ben Roethlisberger? You want to know how the best ball team did? <laughs> I'll give you a little hint. It was not good, but I, I actually, I love it. That's the other where, where, reason I think yeah, you find value with Roethlisberger is because of what you said with the best ball. And I know that that's not the crutch argument. You know, you guys know I hate that. It's like, oh, he's good in the best ball league. But the one thing is like a big Ben, he is essentially like a, a Deshaun Jackson of quarterbacks. You're going to have to worry about those like four point games or those. And it's the road things and the road things we haven't been able to explain, though. Those kind of went away a little bit in 2018. I think he only had one single digit performance in 2018, but the most years before that, it was like 10, 11, 12 on the road, especially in Cleveland. Nobody could explain that one either. But uh, hey, look, I asked Mike Tomlin. He couldn't even explain it. Although I don't think he would have really told me if he would have told me anyway, but I like Big Ben, uh, as the player, the fantasy player, not the, not the human. We'll just say that. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That is fair. So, yes. But just, um, I mean, if you just look at like last year's consensus ADPs on fantasy pro, Kyle, quarterback 13, Kyler Murray, quarterback 14, Lamar Jackson, quarterback 15, Jameis Winston, quarterback 17, Dak Prescott, quarterback 21, Josh Allen. Like you, you can find, there are guys late and Big Ben is going to fit right into that category because of the weapons around him. You can find guys late who have a really good shot to finish in the top five or 10 quarterbacks. This is why Superflex needs to be commonality now. Agreed. Agreed. Josh Allen, QB 21. Are you kidding me? (laughs) He wasn't on the list, but we'll talk about him real quick. Do you draft him as a QB1? Do you pay that price? He's not, he did not only finish as a QB1. I know that's a weird phrasing to say, but not, I guess not only did he finish as a QB1, he finished as QB7. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would, um, I'd pay the price because I feel like people are going to disrespect him again. Like, I don't think I'm going to have to draft him as a top seven or No, eight. no, that wasn't the question. No, no, it wasn't that the, you don't I'll, have to. What's the price? Would you pay, would you pay top ten price? Would you take him as the ninth quarterback off the board? I think I would. Yes. I think I would because yeah, I, 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 I would feel too. like he's going to continue to grow as a passer 
And that floor, that rushing floor is is not going to go away. I think, I think he will. I think he will. Uh, The other thing I think is going to happen though is they're going to go and get him another wide receiver. I agree. Agreed. It's, and he will have an, uh, somebody opposite John Brown and then they'll still have, uh, is it Beasley in the middle? But I, I could see, like, I saw Daniel Jeremiah did a mock draft of the first round yesterday and he had them, the Bills taking T Higgins in the first round. If they get T Higgins on one side and John Brown on the other, like, yeah, I want, I want Josh Allen for sure as a QB nine. I just got, got like a, uh, like a, like a little fantasy. Like excitement there. I was going to say a different word, but we might have to bleep it out. I was trying to think. So you would pay that price if they did that at the draft. I mean, if you're talking about Higgins, Brown, Beasley, Dawson Knox, and Devin Devin Singletary, that that's that's a very 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 attractive offense. Yeah, we're talking about the Bills being like legit, man, because their defense is awesome. I think they're definitely going to draft a wideout. 100%. 100%. Well, and here's the thing is, you know, you said that Josh Allen could get, and I don't know that he needs to because I think he could just basically turn into Jameis Winston. And that's the thing is like, you know what? He still throws 20 picks and not quite 30, but at least he's throwing for 28 touchdowns and running all over the damn place. And that's the biggest thing is he's running more than essentially everybody else outside of Lamar Jackson and uh, Kyle Murray. So there's the appeal there. So let's talk about Jameis Winston. <laughs> I mean, you said it, Brad. Where did he finish? QB two. QB five or yeah five uh, two. Uh, I'm looking at NFL.com and it says QB five. Oh, okay, and, uh, nobody plays right. NFL.com. Come on. So yeah, come on. Uh, what, what should what, I use here? What's, what's that? What's, <laughs> what's NFL.com? I'm just kidding. I don't know. You play whatever you want, but I'm not a big fan of NFL.com. I got a three on Yahoo in a regular, just four point passing league. Okay, so three, two, three, four, five, somewhere four. there. Yeah, top five for sure. Depending on what site you play on. He's anywhere from two to five. I'll yeah. put it that way. Hey, does that sound better? There you go. Yeah. <laughs> He's a top five quarterback. Hey, you can go back and edit it out, Chris, and nobody knows what the hell we're talking about. <laughs> so Jameis Winston, assuming the Philip Rivers thing doesn't happen, Chris, like, like, do we draft Jameis Winston before or after? I'll just straight go to Josh. Would you rather have Josh Allen or Jameis Winston next year? Oh man, I'm, I'm, I'm such a Jameis fan in fantasy. <laughs> I just, is he a member of the Bucks? Yeah, that's what we're assuming. I said, assuming okay. the Philip Rivers thing doesn't happen. So if he's a member of the Bucks, I feel like Bruce Arians, he's got to know what he's getting into again. He can't just be like, okay, Jameis is throwing picks again. I'm going to bench him. So I feel like that's my one fear is that Jameis just gets absolutely shut down where he has a game where he throws an- like another five picks or something, makes brutal decisions, and he just takes a seat on the bench, and it's like, oh, that's awful. So maybe I'll just lean with Josh Allen because there's I'm a little, I'm a little scared of Jameis, although I do love the upside. I, I think this question might be answered with who do they bring in as their backup quarterback this year. If they bring Ryan Fitzpatrick back, then there's no way I'm taking that chance because – there's a, you know, there's upside in a backup quarterback there. Whereas right this in 2019, they didn't have that. And they were like, you know what? Like we don't want to throw out our second quarterback. So we're going to throw, just leave Jameis in there and, and deal with the 30 picks. Um, but he, I mean, second in the league in touchdown passes. He's got weapons like crazy in the receiving game. He made Prashad Perriman legit at the end of the year. <laughs> and, and even Justin Watson, who, you know, was kind of my, my best ball 20th round target in every league. This year, but when you throw for 5,100 yards and I mean, he had, I mean, so like, I'm trying to pull it up now, 200 more yards passing than anybody else and 500 more yards passing than the third best. Like, yeah, I I want a piece of that. Now, that being said, if they bring in a decent 
backup quarterback nah, and someone have, yeah. like a Flacco or somebody like that, then I, I at that point I would definitely take Josh Allen ahead of him. Somebody better than Blaine Gabbert? Yeah. <laughs> I think that's very easy to do. I understand your point, a hundred percent, Brad. Uh, as of today, if we, you know, don't throw that scenario in there, and it's just another whoever's back there because they can't afford it, because I don't, I don't think, as you mentioned, their cap isn't that great. So if they're going to bring back Winston and maybe franchise them, I don't think they're going to have the flexibility to bring in even if it's Patrick. I think they might be stuck with backup journeyman type situation so or even drafting somebody so i i would take winston over josh allen for this reason it's like we're all talking about like oh could you imagine could you imagine for, like, guess who's done it mm. i mean james winston did it james winston is a top two three four five wherever you play quarterback even with the interceptions and i know we said that going into this year that you know hopefully bruce arians can fix him but guess what he doesn't have to fix them. But that's the that's the upside. That's the room for where Jameis Winston could get better. If he doesn't fix them, you still get a top five quarterback. Guess what happened in his five turnover game, Chris? He still got double digit points. And oh yeah. You're saying that you you're worried about him getting benched, and that that's always the concern. But like I said, this is obviously kind of speculation. But this is why we're talking now. We're just having fun with what do you do for going for next year. And so let's talk some running backs, and let's go back to the Giants. And, you know, I kind of threw that kitchen thing off at the beginning because this is going to be a revamped coaching staff, obviously, from top to bottom. I don't know how many coaches from the old regime even hung over at this point. I think there's like maybe two or three. But essentially, the entire offensive side is new, all the top end guys at least. You have a new defensive coordinator, but we're going to talk offense. We'll talk Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley, throw out the injury because I just want Saquon Barkley, your analysis as a whole. Obviously, the injury, we could say he wasn't 100% when he came back. He came back too fast, blah, blah, blah. We finally saw the real Saquon. We're talking just, Chris, the real Saquon Barkley, who we saw at the beginning of the season, who we saw at the end of the season, take out the middle part. With Daniel Jones at quarterback, with a whole new coaching staff and Jason Garrett, and what we've seen from Jason Garrett with his treatment of Zeke Elliott and the Cowboys, can Saquon Barkley, and I say can, can he get back into the top three by next year's fantasy draft? Oh, absolutely. He's a stud. Okay. You think he's already there? Tons of talent. Yeah, I do. Um, Maybe three for me. I I potentially could. Can he get back into the conversation for the number one like he was last year? Or is that gone? (sighs) I don't think McCaffrey it's, has to get hurt for that. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I would I would agree. McCaffrey is just such an he's such an absolute beast, and he would have to take a, a step back, like an injury or something. But it's not completely out of the question that he could be pretty close to to CMC. I feel like I'll probably go Cook. Maybe there's a little bit more safety with Zeke, but he's right there. I wouldn't I wouldn't argue against him being the second pick off the board or the second back off the board. I'm a little, I love Dalvin Cook. I'm a little more hesitant to use him this year because of Stefanski being gone. Um, I, I definitely think he's a top three or four draft still, but I would take Barkley over him. Barkley still ran for a thousand yards and had 52 catches last year. And it, like he was playing gimpy when he played, you know, in four or five games. He missed three games completely, not including the one that he got hurt early on whenever he first hurt the ankle. But he still, he still was the number six running back on the year, all that considered. So yeah, I, I want, if someone, I'm assuming someone's taking McCaffrey first overall. If I'm the two pick, I'm taking Barkley in every league. I've got the two pick. Hmm. Number two, a fit, like 100% hands down number two. Chris, can you get on board with that? Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. I might want Michael Thomas. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, we can get on board. Like I said, I'm not going to argue it. Like, there's no way. I, I get the the Delvin Cook thing. I mean, they still got Gary Kubiak there. They're still going to want to run the football. But, yeah, I mean, Brad brings up great points. I mean, he wasn't healthy all year, right? For the, at least the, well, maybe the last couple half, weeks. Half when the middle. He had like 200 rushing yards in, what was it, week 15 or whatever he had. So half, yeah, he went through half. And he's just a freak. Because he, he should have missed he probably more time, and he, he definitely was playing hurt when he came back, and he still had some pretty monster games. So, yeah, I, again, I'm not going to argue RB2. No no way. So, and then, Sorry, and, and this I, was a lot. I had a stat wrong. I was looking at, at average points per game when I said he was the number six running back. He actually finished number 11. So, But, but still. He, he's, it's, yeah, it's still number 11 with all, all things considered. Yeah, he's my number two guy with hands down. See, and that's why I'm glad you brought up points per game. And I'm not saying you're wrong to say that, but that's why I would take Dalvin Cook because Dalvin Cook, two and a half more points per game. And what I'll go down to, it's not even Dalvin Cook versus, versus Saquon Barkley coming out of college. Um, the talent wise, it's Saquon over Dalvin Cook a hundred percent. And not that it's a wide gap, but I'm going to take Barkley every single time. What I won't take is the Giants offensive line. What I won't take is Daniel Jones versus Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins has his own issues, but Daniel Jones is a turnover machine like James Winston. So you get halfway down the field and you don't even get to the red zone for an opportunity for Saquon to score because he's ruining the offense. Or maybe he's pulling the James Winston. You don't like Daniel Jones is James Winston. Or maybe he's just throwing the ball five billion times that game and throws for five touchdowns and none of them go to Saquon. It just comes down to the offense versus the offense for me. And if I'm going to get the offense and I'm going to be splitting hairs, which I feel like we're doing in this, it's funny because uh, I, Brad's a hundred percent. Chris, I feel like you're leaning the other way quite a bit. I, I kind of feel like I'm in the middle. I feel like it's a coin flip, but if in the coin flip, I'm going to go with the better offense in my opinion. Yeah. And that's kind of why I leaned Zeke last year. That was my thing with Zeke. Um, that was, yeah, I understand. Who averaged more points per game than Barkley did. And yes, I know he wasn't hundred percent healthy. Yeah. But that, <laughs> what you're saying is exactly what I was saying to myself when, when I had second pick or first pick and I was trying to split hairs between these guys, I was trying to look at just the better offense and I still feel like Dallas will have a better offense than the Giants. I mean, let's be honest. For all the people ticked off about drafting Ezekiel Elliott first, second, third, like he still finished. Like he, he was fine. You legitimately cannot be upset about having Ezekiel Elliott this year, correct? Yeah, hell no. He was great. He was fine. A few, I think a it's few just the fact that it was catches, so far. Well, I think it's. I think the fact is, is just he finished so far behind Christian McCaffrey, but so did everybody. Yeah, he was. I'm just looking now. He was. Ten points away from being RB two, Zeke. He's fine. Yeah, yeah. The, the biggest thing for with him is he he was really consistent, but he also like didn't have that. Well, I guess week fifteen he blew up a little bit. But he didn't have like a monster game like where McCaffrey was like you know three or four touchdowns and two hundred yards. It seemed like every week, and th- you didn't have that out of Zeke. It was just consistent. Like here's four or five catches here, you know, for 30, 40 yards. Here's you know. uh 80 to 100 yards rushing and he was just, it was just really consistent time after time and it, he just kind of was what he was and it's really, you know, it's great whenever you can just kind of rely on that, but it just felt like there wasn't a whole lot of upside on a week to week basis. It was just this, you know, his, his, but his floor was super low too, or super high. I mean, I feel like I'd rather have the consistency, like looking at the game to game blog with Zeke, he had one game where he had seven fantasy points. Everything else was, was double digits. With Aaron Jones, for example, we talked about him the other day, but four fantasy points, six, three, three, five. I'd rather have the double digits. Give me, give me a consistent floor. And I think that's Zeke. Yeah. I don't, I don't even know if I'm going to have Aaron Jones in my top 12 running backs next year. So we'll have to get to him. Not today. 
but we'll have to talk about that. So, and you know, I hate Aaron Jones, so I'm excited about that <laughs> from a fan's <laughs> perspective. So, you want to know somebody who was consistent, Chris? Yeah. Le'Veon Bell. Floor, <laughs> eight points. Yeah. Ceiling of like 17. It was all between that range for the entire city. One game, the Jacksonville game, he had five points. And so, but I think we're throwing out these. fact, you can have one or two like off games. And I would have thrown out a game if he would have scored 20 something points, but he didn't. Cause like I said, everything's between eight and 17 something. So Chris, with the disappointment of Le'Veon Bell, uh, like, look, he was consistent, but it was a sucky consistent. It was <laughs> RB 18 consistent with that. Is this, we look at next year and say, now Le'Veon Bell is potentially turned into a bargain because we draft him in the third or fourth round. And if he replicates last year, okay, fine. I have an RB2 that's not that exciting. And, you know, strip away his name, call him Sony Michelle, like whatever it is. I know it's completely different running back, but I mean, like points per game wise of what you're expecting. But on the flip side is like, well, maybe. If something changes in this organization, maybe the offensive line gets a little bit stronger. Maybe if Adam Gay stops being a knucklehead, like there's upside for the pick to get better. Yeah, I think I'm more willing to take a shot on Bell with what you just said, like third, fourth round. And we're going to get a little bit of value from him. Just look at his numbers, like 52 rushing yards per game, 3.2 yards per carry. That is pathetic. And it's by far uh, a career low for him. Only three rushing touchdowns. At least he caught 66 passes. Most of them seem to be just at the line of scrimmage or behind the line of scrimmage. Didn't do a whole lot with them either, but I think it, I would feel a whole lot better if they address the offensive line or Adam Gase went away, but it doesn't seem like Adam Gase is going to go away, but <laughs> I'll, I'll take a shot at him. If he's sitting there in the fourth, I'm going to take a shot on him on a running back that I know is going to touch the ball 300 times. No, I'll, not, I'm, there's no way I'm taking him in the fourth. I don't want him as my RB2. Not if Adam Gase is still there, not if he's still with the Jets. I, I want no part of that offense. Not a single piece. Like, give me maybe Chris Herndon or, or whatever in the 20th round. And that's about Anderson it. Like, Crowder? No, I, I don't, I don't want to touch him because it, he's too inconsistent. He's too inconsistent. He's, it's, it's not the Jamison Crowder when he was really good with Washington. It's, he had some really good games. But I don't, I don't want him. Like, I just don't trust anything in that offense right now. And I would, there, there are so many other guys that I feel like will be available in that same area that have way more upside than any of those guys can bring. It's amazing the Jets won six of their last eight games when Sam Darnold came back and he's starting to be a little bit healthier. Really? Like, I don't know if you know this, guys, but do you know that as bad as the season as it was, Le'Veon Bell had 1,250 yards and only four touchdowns. I, I, I gotta say, Brad, I, I'm, I think you're nuts. I'm going the other way. In the fourth round, right. I'm taking him every, I'm taking him every single time. Because in the fourth get round. Back like that in the fourth round with that kind of upside. So, well, so, yeah, exactly. So let me, let me spin it a different way for you, Brad. And I, I don't think I'm changing your opinion, obviously, cause you're like, you, you were ready to jump all over that, that you want nothing to do with him. <laughs> but just let me spin it a different way for you. Say this. It's like, if you said it's not Le'Veon Bell, if I told you your RB2 in the fourth round was going to average 12 points per game, I mean, wouldn't you want that? That I mean, to get 12 points per game from your RB2 in the fourth round is kind of ideal. Yeah, and again, it's it's all going to boil down to who else is available there. I I don't want to spend that pick on on a guy who is on, you know, turning 28 this year. He's got a lot of tread on his tires. He had a lot of work in his career with Pittsburgh. I I think he's on the downhill slope and I I would rather pick a guy that I think has Fresher legs in a potentially better offense, and and I don't right, know. So perfect. Like, Here we go. Give, Here we go. Give me some. Give me some names, and I'll tell you who I'd rather have. 
No, no. So we're gonna jump to right next to the next one. Let's let's oh, do okay. that. Okay. I, I like. And this isn't. I'm not being like I'm trying to catch you or anything. But this is legitimately like this guy has fresher legs. Used completely different, and I bring, I put him on this list, Brad, is because, and Chris knows this, he, we talked about it on the DFS show a lot. The usage for Philip Lindsay went completely sideways. It was like, hey, let's use Royce Freeman in the passing game. And Philip Lindsay, for everybody out there that doesn't know, Philip Lindsay had 35 receptions, 196 yards, and zero receiving touchdowns. Philip Lindsay, we're talking about this guy, for some reason, got left essentially out of the passing game. He finished RB 19 and 11.3 points per game. So I'm giving you that choice. Would you take Le'Veon Bell or would you take Philip Lindsay? I'm not saying, I'm not, again, I'm not setting you up to say, oh, you're 100% wrong, blah, blah, blah. But I think this is a good conversation to have because he kind of fits everything you're talking about. Yeah, you're wrong. Yeah, I, I want Lindsay. And, you're and, wrong. I mean, he still ran for over <laughs> a thousand yards this year. And I think they are going to be better with Drew Locke. They, they only had Drew Locke for a couple games at the end of the year, like three games maybe. They Before that, they had Joe Flacco, no thanks. Like, Joe Flacco's terrible at this point in his career. He can't run an offense. They couldn't move the ball down the field. I don't think he had a chance for very many touchdowns because they weren't in the red zone that often. Give me – I think and, – and, again, I'm going back to Daniel Jeremiah's mock draft here, but I, I'm pretty sure that, I, if I remember correctly, he either had – I think he had Jerry Judy or – or CD Lamb as the as the pick for the Broncos in the first round. And if you put one of those guys opposite Cortland Sutton, put you know Deshaun Hamilton or whoever in the slot, it opens up the 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 underneath stuff big time for a young quarterback because they have all kinds of weapons on the outside that you have to worry about. And I think he go takes a step forward next year from where he was this year. Let's give Brad a real tough question: Lev Bell or Dave Montgomery? Uh, don't oh, jump ahead. Geez. That's where I was going. Oh, really? Hold on. Yeah. Save that one. <laughs> yeah, think about it for a bit. You, yeah, because you, you jump in on the Lindsay side, and then we're going to go to that. I, I'm Bell all day. Like, I, <clears throat> excuse me, like, I've just taken the upside and love Bell. That's it. Like, I'm not a big Philip Lindsay guy. He had a fine season. He's great. I just, at that point in the fourth round, I'm, I'm taking love Bell. Taking the upside. <laughs> it's just, it's it's just that, not even, that I'm simple. actually that not is... even, yeah, I'm not even thinking about it. Are we are you really having to take these guys in the fourth round though? Like I feel like they you could get Philip Lindsay, Lev Bell, th- that that tier of guys in probably the fifth round of a draft. Perfect, even better. And that's mm. yeah, in that scenario like it it changes the price for me. If you have to take him in the fourth round, I'm probably drafting a wide receiver right now. I know there. Bell went in the in our athletic mock he went in the fourth. Uh Jake you actually took him in the fourth round. There's some other guys that went in around him, yes. Ingram, on Johnson, James Connor, Miles Sanders, a little bit Phil later. Lindsay on. Went- yeah, Phil Lizzie went in the fifth. Phil so, Lizzie went in the yeah, fifth. Yeah, in, into the fifth, five nine. Yeah. I mean that's so, probably the range in around carry on Johnson, Connor. Would you, People would are you, gonna reach on Miles Sanders. Would you so Chris, let's see if we can get you on Brad's side and make him happy. Would you take Le'Veon Bell or a full round later Phil Lindsay if it was a round discount? I, I still think I would take Bell. Yeah. Yeah. I still I do. I still <laughs> think I would take the upside and just love Bell. Yeah. All right, well, then let's go to the one that you brought up, and we'll finish with him for today. David Montgomery, Chris, and while Brad's still ruminating over there, we'll get to you in a second. <laughs> Le'Veon Bell or around later David Montgomery for you, Chris, because his situation, similar to Le'Veon Bell, is not changing. He's still going to have Matt Nagy ruining things for him. He's going to have inconsistent <laughs> use. He's going to have, I think, thankfully, I think Cordero Patterson is a free agent, so I know that he can't be running the ball unless they bring him back. It's, but, I mean, that's the point is – uh, what do we do? Because David Montgomery hype got 
out of control with all those PFF most broken tackles in college and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, he finished RB25. It was a yeah. fine season. Wasn't that great? He barely eclipsed uh, double digits points per game. Yeah, I know. And his best game came week 17 when you didn't need him. So like, thanks for that. Um, I, I, I think I would still go Bell. I was the one who took Montgomery in the fifth round in that athletic mock. They did make some changes offensively. It seemed like, like to their coaching staff, rather, Nagy is still there. It does seem like at least towards the end of the season, he was starting to figure it out, like 16 carries, 2014, 23. But am I going to give him the benefit of the doubt? It's kind of like Adam Gase, kind of uneasy about both of these running backs. I, I think I'd still take Bell because of his usage in the passing game. This guy's going to catch 50 passes. Montgomery's not going to. That's kind of the bottom line for me. Yeah, I, I would have to take Bell over Montgomery. Yeah. Hey, I'm going to be, I, I mean, I think I'm probably, I know people have soured on him a little bit. I'm probably going to be lower on Montgomery than anybody else in, in the fantasy pros rankings, 150 experts or whatever, because he did I thought you nothing. Were gonna say rank, I thought you were going to rank him at 150. No, 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 no. He, but he, I'll probably be lower because he, he just doesn't, that he did nothing special. He did not evade tackles like he did in, in college. Well, broken, he didn't have broken. break. He broke, broke a few. or break tackles, whatever. Broke tackles. I, I mean, it was yeah. a few, but it, it's not. It wasn't like an, on an elite level. Yeah. He had no breakaway right. runs, like uh, nothing. His his yards per carry was atrocious. Yards per touch was worse. Like it's just, I don't know. It's just, I I wasn't impressed. He didn't. He wasn't involved in the passing game at all. He had twenty five catches. Like there was just nothing, nothing there that excited me in any bit. And I I actually like at the end of the year, their offense was moving pretty good. And, you know, when they were winning some games until they ran into Kansas City and Trubisky was playing well and Allen Robinson was playing well and they were starting to get Anthony Miller involved and David Montgomery was still completely non-existent in that, in that time period on, you know, from a, a fantasy level. Like he, he played 16 games and was the RB24 and just didn't do anything to impress me at all. Like it was, it was very, very mediocre. He had 100 yard game and that was against the Chargers who got rain all over this year. So, I don't want anything to do with anybody else on this. Or I don't want anything to do with David Montgomery. So I'm going to give you a real quick example as we would get out of here. So, Chris, Brad, if I told you guys, I said, hey, we got two running backs coming out in this draft. One ran a three-cone .2 seconds faster than the other. What would your reaction be? Just that on its own, that information on its own, what would you say? He's probably a little more agile. That's because that's that's a pretty big gap on a two cone or a three cone. Yeah, it is, but probably a little bit more agile. But like, would you say, you're just, how much how much weight would you put into that? Like, not a lot. Yeah, not a ton. Okay, okay, that's what I wanted you to say because I want everybody out there to learn this one thing. When you hear broken tackles, take that, say, huh, that's interesting, and then move on. <laughs> this David Montgomery is the perfect example. Emory Hunt takes this every single year and smashes it. He hates it so much. And this is why. Granted, broken tackles could tell you something, just like 0.2 seconds of the three cone could tell you something, as Brad said. It's like, oh, that's a decent gap. Let me look into it. But stop with this overrating of broken tackles because there's so many factors that come into broken tackles, whether your offensive line was great and you're getting broken tackles on the second level, whether you're getting broken tackles in the backfield like a Derrick Henry or he just goes straight down. Because guess what? Derrick Henry doesn't break tackles before he gets to the line of scrimmage. So broken tackles, Put that little nugget and say, oh, cool, but learn from David Montgomery. That's what I want to get at. Learn from David Montgomery, everybody. One stat in general, don't overrate it just because you'll fall into a trap. And hopefully you fall into a trap a lot of these guys. And 
I, hopefully you did fall into the trap of joining us on the show. I, I appreciate you guys being here and going to theathletic.com. That's not a trap slash the throwback. Oh, that's a long address. That's not what I meant. Theathletic.com slash the throwback. 40% off for all you guys. Follow Chris at Chris Maney. Follow Brad at Brad Ziegler. I'm at All In Kid. We'll be back Monday to talk to a few running backs that we didn't get to. Wide receivers. And then next Wednesday, a little Super Bowl. Maybe we'll have a game. We haven't done a game in a long time, Chris. We'll see if we can figure that one out. We'll, we'll talk to you guys next Monday. <laughs> see you later. Huh?